Hello everyone and uh, welcome back. Uh, in episode 9 today, we discuss our brief hiatus from the pod. It was uh, Thanksgiving week, we had a good time, and uh, then we get into a little uh, roundup discussion of college football, college basketball, NBA, and uh, this past week in the NFL. Episode 9, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just Saying Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 1st, so we're officially in a new month. Um, we had a little hiatus. Uh, Those new months, they, uh, they sneak up on you. They creep up on you, especially when you're a senior in college. These months have been passing by quite quick. Flying by. Um, but So the reason we hadn't uploaded an episode for like the past two weeks is because we were on Thanksgiving break. We retired. Yeah, yeah we, we hung up the cleats. Um, but like I mentioned, yeah, we were on Thanksgiving break, um, enjoying time at home with our families in Las Vegas. Um, Jack, did you do anything fun over this past Thanksgiving break? Um, just, you know, just kinda I, gorged. I, yeah, yeah, I would say it's the usual. I mm-hmm. love Thanksgiving. I made my case for Thanksgiving as the superior, uh, number one elite holiday. Right. Um, it lived up to its expectation. Food was great. Uh, but the beauty of Thanksgiving is you do nothing. That's really what it's all about. Sit around, well, for some people. Some people cook. I know I am not one I, of those people. I peeled potatoes in the morning. I, I actually peeled potatoes this past <laughs> year as well, so it's uh, funny you said that. I did a really good job, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the whole point is just sit around, eat, watch football, right? Watch the Lions. Watch the Lions and the Bears. Bears got to win barely. Um, I, I thought the Lions were going to win that game. I... You know, I was getting a little worried that we were going to hand them their first win with Andy Dalton at the helm, but luckily they didn't. Sorry. Shout out to my uncle, Neil. He had to suffer through that one as he's had to suffer through all their games this year. He's a loyal fan, though, and I give him respect for that. Yep. And, uh, you know, good news for him. Uh, I don't know if he saw the uh, the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, looks like that Mr. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson might be the number one pick. Uh, going to the Detroit Lions. And he looked good, man. He looked really good. He made a pretty high-quality left tackle prospect look pretty horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's just a massive human being. He is a massive. And uh, the – oh, man. Was it the – yeah, it was the touchdown to Henderson, I believe, at the end that kind of gave Ohio State life where Aiden Hutchinson almost tipped that ball. Um, you was, know what I'm talking about? Like that was a little touchdown that made it like 20, 28 or something like that? Or I like think, yeah, the little dump off. Uh-huh. Uh, if he would have put his hands on that ball, it would just would have been the cap on a perfect game. But yeah, he looked great. Um, but they got the win, though. That's all that matters. They did Michigan get the win. Finally, or Harbaugh finally got that off his back. Finally got the win against Ohio State. So that, that was, was pretty awesome. pretty impressive. They played some, honestly, like you sound like an old head, but they played like some smash mouth football. Like they kind of just ran it all over uh, Ohio State. Kind of punished them on, on all fronts in the O line, D line, everything. Well, that's what I was kind of about to say, too, because especially in a snow game, not much else you can do. And they just kind of bullied them, kind of pushed them around, did what they wanted to do, ran the ball. And, you know, if you can run the ball, usually you can win. Did you see that? Uh, um, what was it? Uh, God, I forget the name of the trick play. What's the Statue of Liberty kind of handoff? It was like a, it, not really a Statue of Liberty, but it was like a, it was the fake screen and then the jet sweep the other way to the Michigan guy for the touchdown. I don't think I saw that because I was with my family at the time, so I was kind of watching off and on. Gotcha. It was a really cool play, anyways. But uh, big for Michigan. Um, in other news, Lincoln Riley. 
He's, Talk about some programs falling apart overnight. He's a cor- or, uh, apparently at USC, although you uh, there, there was some, uh, there was some OU compliance Twitter yeah. uh, Twitter beef. Apparently, there there might be a uh, some sort of violation, but that's that's USC football. Come on, <laughs> what'd you expect? Uh, I don't know. That's crazy. It's I, I really don't follow college football to the the same level I follow the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first it was kind of like, like why is it such a big deal? And then I realized that Oklahoma's program like actually kind of fell apart. Well, yeah, and they're also you have to realize too. So the Michigan State coach who was once the Colorado coach, I'm spacing his name right now, but he, Mel Tucker. I don't. The guy who's about to get the extension. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he he's getting racked out. Yeah, the the ninety five million. Yes, yeah, Mel Tucker. So right? you have to imagine that yeah, Lincoln Riley might be the first hundred million head coach hire. Don't you think? I, well, I mean, possibly the real hundred million dollar man is John Gruden. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Let, let's yeah, college football. Yeah, yeah. He, he might be. Yeah, because Mel Tucker, uh, ninety five million, I believe, was his mm-hmm. deal, which. It sucked because didn't he agree to terms with it and then just got absolutely blown out by Ohio State yeah. like the weekend following uh-huh. So that kind of sucks. Um, he's still going to get paid. Yeah. So At the end of the day, he doesn't care. Yeah. He still goes home, drives his Maybach. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's but, crazy, though. So yeah. USC. Are, well, this is let's, – let's preface it by this. Spencer Rattler, transfer portal. Spencer Rattler, future Sun Devil? Question mark? You sent the tweet in our group chat um, from Jordan Simone, who was controversial uh, figure, pretty big safety for ASU. He was when he was here, but wait, you heard what happened with him, right? No. How? He, wait, you didn't hear about how he got kicked off of ASU's network? Oh no, he got kicked off, bro. I didn't. I, uh, you got to read I, into this. So I, basically, if you haven't heard, anyone who's listening, uh, so yeah, he was a big safety for ASU. Was on their their radio uh, network like employed by the university um, and totally thrashed Herm Edwards and like the, the process and just was saying how it's an embarrassment and got fired. When was that? This year? Uh, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Oh, and wow. it's been a really big deal. You should look into wow, it. I actually hadn't heard of it. A lot of people taking like multiple sides. You know Matthew Berry, the ESPN guy? Mm-hmm. He went to ASU and so like he, he had like this huge tweet about it. But anyways, it's, it was interesting. That's why I said controversial. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Haven't heard about that, so I'll have to look into it for sure. But um, as I was mentioning, you did send that tweet from him, who was saying he he said it was confirmed, pretty much. He, he basically said it was confirmed. He was alluding to that, but mm-hmm. I and I honestly would be down for that. Uh, Jaden Daniels, who was really good his freshman sophomore year, um, he even after his freshman year regressed. You just he, thought he was going to progress and continue to get better, but this year I think he only threw one or two touchdowns in November, and that was in our last game against Arizona, which, by the way, we did win five straight. Jack and I have never lost to U of A while we've been at school, which is kind of a cool thing to say, but I would love Rattler to come to our school so we could actually have someone to throw the ball downfield, kind of open up the run game. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, you're right. Like With the regression, especially with Jaden Daniels, um, his freshman year, he made some big-time plays. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but... It might have been the Michigan State game where he put him away with like a deep ball down the sideline. Well, he well that you're thinking of the Oregon game, and Oregon was oh. just about that was 2019. He was just they were just about to go to the the playoff, and, he, and yeah, if yeah, they would have yeah. won that game, they would have. And then Jane Daniels hit Brandon Ayuk down the sideline. Exactly, that game exactly, too. exactly. So, yeah. um, I thought you know, and what do I know? Uh, 
it seemed like Jaden Daniels was the kind of guy that, like, in three three years after his, his freshman year, like, oh, this guy's going to be a first-round pick, mm-hmm. probably. 6'4", uh, a little skinny. He's super um, thin. But, but, I mean, if you're if you're out-dueling Justin Herbert, yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. it's promising, at um, least. Exactly. He, he had that dual threat kind of capability. Uh, mm-hmm. He also, the way he looks, he looks like he should have a rocket arm. And he doesn't kind of really doesn't. Yeah, I, I feel like his arm strength kind of went down too. I don't know. Maybe it's just a confidence thing, or because things can change pretty easily when the, those kind of issues come around. But he just wasn't himself this year, especially. But which, Spencer Rowler could be fun. He could be fun. He's kind of kind of shifty. He does have that like Oklahoma QB build where it's like not undersized because I don't want to say like Baker is undersized but maybe I'm just thinking about Kyler but just kind of shift he can move around the pocket kind of make people miss and then just launch one downfield I was going to say I think when you say that undersized I think it's undersized considering how big the arm is because okay. Rattler does have a big yeah. arm uh-huh. you know what I mean and mm-hmm. like Baker six foot flat like Baker has a massive arm right. Kyler has a massive arm um, so yeah I, I agree it would give ASU a new uh, vertical look they haven't really had since which is unfortunate because they've had two f- First and second, or a first round wide receiver. No, two second. Two, two first. Nikhil Harry was the first pick of the second round. No, he was the last pick of the first round. Oh, that's the, right. I'm the sorry. Pats took him. I'm sorry. The cards, yeah. had the, the cards took Byron Murphy with the first pick of the second round. I thought we were going to take Nikhil Harry. You're right. Yeah. So they've had two first round wide receivers mm-hmm. and no real vertical offense, it seems like, in the time. But, um, so, I mean, if you can end up getting a Heisman candidate, why wouldn't you do that even if Jaden Daniels decides to come back? And then you get Spencer Rattler versus Lincoln Riley in the Pac-12? That'd be awesome. That'd uh, be super fun to see in the South. That would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm on board for that. Also, yeah. if Spencer Rattler comes to ASU, I got ASU by 11 against USC. <laughs> I got you already setting the yeah. line. By 11. That's hilarious. Um, um, but if we are going to talk about Lincoln Riley, we should also just kind of briefly touch on Brian Kelly. And his yeah. little scandal. Would you show up at 7 a.m. for the meeting? I don't think I do at I that point. I, I mean, what's the point? I heard it was four and a half minutes long. I heard 11 minutes. Oh, okay. So okay. we have conflicting reports. That is a seven-minute difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> Either way, very short for just to be like kind of ditching your team like that, especially when they're, what, 11 and 1? They, they might be in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. It's super wild. Notre Dame in the playoffs is what this country needs. Uh for no other reason than, like, the humor. Right. Uh, the Brian Kelly thing. If I'm a head coach, which, by the way, I fully, like, all these head coaches are politicians. Of course they, like, don't have any sense of real, like, loyalty to the school. No, if yeah. it means more money. Uh, you know, if you were the, if you were, like, the man of your family and some other family offered you $110 million to go be the man of their family, like, I'd probably consider <laughs> it. I'd probably consider it. Well, I mean, just to your point, yeah. I think I sent you something... From Lincoln Riley, apparently he told all the USC kids when he got there he, they were going to build like the, the mecca of college football. And, the, and apparently uh, the Oklahoma defender like commented on that tweet and was like, "Yeah, he told us the same thing this past week." Yeah. So I mean, it just kind of kind of goes to show like where their loyalties lie. They're which, politicians for sure. It's understood. Yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think also like the head coaching gig, the head coaching gig, one of the toughest jobs in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine like so much scrutiny. Can you imagine after a devastating loss, just going back into your office and having to watch film until like four in the morning when you just want to go home and like relax? And then trying to get a hundred kids yeah. to believe in you after losing that bad. You know? uh, but yeah, at any rate, uh, Brian Kelly, and this goes for all head coaches. If I'm leaving my university, simple text. We'll keep it simple. No, no need to meet. They don't want to meet me. 
That's true. Like, why would why would I waste their time? The the way I see it, though, I think it's the respectful thing to do. But I think in his situation where it already got leaked, I mean, at that point, like, I don't know. It, it would just be so awkward. Yeah. It would just be insanely awkward. So I might send a text. But is he coaching their last game? No. Oh, he's, he's not. not. Okay. That, see, that's why we need Notre Dame in the playoff. Yeah, because that would be hilarious. Yeah. And hopefully they win it all. That'd be, that'd be great. He said something like, I've, you guys are a championship football team or something like that because of you or something. I, I, whatever that's, he said. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Hopefully they win and then they just like little, uh, shut it in his face. Little uh, uh, Bryce Harper effect. Bryce Harper leaves the Nationals. They win the World Series the next year. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty funny. I mean, the same thing might be happening was too. It, was that the first baseball analogy on this podcast? Uh, do I know baseball? Probably. I think that I'm was a person. You're a baseball, baseball guy? I'm a baseball guy. Yeah. I'm a baseball guy. <clears throat> um, but I mean, so kind of going back to what we were talking about just a little bit, we were also at home. We did attend some games of our own. I think you went to a Cards game before you came back for break. Is that correct? On uh, I I choose to not remember that game. Okay. It was the that, Carolina Panthers game. Uh, we won't talk about it too much. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton's somewhat revival, but the Panthers sucks again. own the Cardinals. It's really sad. Uh, I'm doing everything in my po- like everything in my wheelhouse to <laughs> not make the Cardinals play the Panthers in the playoffs because we will lose. Well, luckily for you, CMC is done for the season. No, we will lose. It, like it even with even without him. It do- well, see, this is just what's so Panthers about them. The CMC comes back, carves up the cards, dips. I'm good. Just wanted to come back. For, <laughs> just wanted to come back for just, that. Just for that game. Um, yeah, we will lose. That's so funny. Like, I wonder what it is about the Panthers that you guys struggle with. No idea. The powder Cam, blue colors. You Cam Newton's cover. first start <clears throat> was against the Cardinals. Uh, he beat us in the NFC Championship. His first playoff win was against the Cardinals, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but he did beat the Cardinals really early on. It might have been his rookie year. Um, so the question is, though, would, would the Cardinals have won had Cam Newton not been on the Panthers for that game? No. You don't think so? I really Dude, think Kyle so. Allen carved up rookie Kyler. Oh, I forgot about us. Kyle Allen. He had yeah. a year, huh? Dude, he threw for like 400 yards against us. That's so funny. And he's... Where is Kyle Allen? I don't know. But... Exactly. There were talks that he might be the starting quarterback that year. Exactly. Because Cam kept getting hurt. Because he carved us up. <laughs> That's why. Um, Tua was a superstar against us. Remember that? That this is nothing related to the Panthers, but this just shows the Cardinals' luck. Uh, Tua was a superstar quarterback in in his game against the Cardinals, which was like I think it was like second or third start. So pretty good actually. He actually has started um, to kind of put things together. The Cardinals just they struggle with certain guys, and one of those guys, aka teams, happens to be the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, we we did go home. I was fortunate enough. To visit T-Mobile Arena. Which we saw a lot of basketball, our, yeah. Yeah, our home arena in Vegas, five times in nine days. Wow, uh, who's counting? Not me. Uh, but so I went to two Knights games. They won one versus the Red Wings, 5-2. So that was exciting to see them score that much. And then lost on this past Saturday versus the Oilers, 3-2. Um, but then I did go see, I'm not sure what the tournament was called, but Wichita State played Arizona. Um, in which Arizona snuck out with a win in overtime. So that was an exciting game. Uh, and then UNLV played Michigan, um, which was also kind of a surprisingly close game. And then the continuation of that tournament continued on that that Sunday. Uh, Arizona blew out Michigan, who was ranked, I think, at the time, like 10th or something. 
That was crazy. I thought um, they were ranked five. Well, they were ranked four, but then they lost to somebody. Oh, before oh, okay. I think like Seton Hall or something super random like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Arizona just absolutely demolished them. And then so we had to watch that game and then sat for the first half of UNLV, Wichita State, which UNLV lost by two at the final buzzer. So unfortunate, but that just seems like such a UNLV thing to do. I love how you just came in and you were like, hey, Jack, like, didn't you see your team get killed? Here's the five games I watched. Uh, <laughs> uh, you had fun at that well, one. Well, I just wanted you to, had fun at that one singular game. I wanted you to talk about watched. your own experiences as well. <laughs> that one singular game you went to and, and watched your team get blown out. Like, I'm, I'm sure you had a good time. Here's the five games I went to. Oh, but, but wait, there's more. We did attend a game together. We did. While home, we which did. was... A lot more enjoyable, I'm assuming, than the Cardinals game. Was. I, I was impartial to the result, so it, it was enjoyable either way. It makes it a lot more fun when it's that way. So I, I actually walked out a Gonzaga fan. I I'm a huge Zag now. Uh, I'm no longer a Gonzaga fan because I guess I'm an Ohio State fan now. Oh, that I mean that's true. Before we get to that, let's just touch on the game that we saw. So yep. we saw Gonzaga UCLA, which at the time was one v two. So huge matchup. Should we just yeah. talk about it now? Let's talk about it now. Before we do, can I borrow your phone, uh, computer charger? Yeah, my computer is about to die, and this charger is not working. Um, yeah, let's 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 get right into it. So, first of all, Gonzaga lived up to every bit of hype in that game. It's unfortunate that they uh, kind of followed it up with a little bit of a uh, a dud, a letdown game. Yeah, yeah I, I shouldn't say dud, um, but yeah, let's let's talk first of all, Chet. Chet, so it's kind of funny, when we sat down, I remember my dad looked over and he said, which one's Chet? And I was like, just go find the most malnourished looking player on the court and that's the one you're looking for. And it's kind of unfair. There's a three second spot. Yeah, it's kind of unfair to Chet because, I mean, he's, what, 7'2"? It's got to be hard to put on weight at that point. But, uh, and he's just not built like that. But, like, he he was really fun to watch. Uh, there was a couple of plays he made, including... The behind the back where he took it coast to coast, which mm-hmm. is like the signature play. Got a dunk. Um, what was that one play where he got it down low and he like, and the defender dove to his left side and he like faked it and then just turned around instinctually and just went up and dunked it. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't remember that one. And then there just was a couple blocks that he just... He, yeah. I mean, that's, I think his one downside is he jumps at everything. Yeah. He just wants every single block. So he, I think... A little foul trouble. He uh, got in foul trouble in that game and the Duke game, yeah. which we'll touch on in a little bit. But he needs to kind of get better defensively a little bit. Not that he sucks defensively or anything, but he just got to get more disciplined, I guess I should say. Well, we were... I think what we specifically talked about is uh, the... I got to look up these guys' names just so I can get it right. But, Number three. No, we were, I think we were specifically talking about how Chet was playing underneath against uh, number 15 and 14. It was 15's Miles Johnson, 6'10", 255, and uh, Kenneth in Wuba. I'm, I'm probably not saying that anywhere mm. near right. 6'10", 255. And oh, yeah, yeah. They could really not do anything. They couldn't move Chet. him. Like, and didn't we look up the weight and Chet was like 195 and those two other guys were like 260, 260? Yeah. 255. Like, they really couldn't move him and also... His wingspan just gets over everything. He looks like the Slender Man when you see him up close. It's actually ridiculous. Like you wonder how or why anyone would try to shoot over him in the first place, and if anyone does, if the ball ever escapes his reach, like how they yeah. even got it up. But he he was so awesome to watch, and it's kind of funny um, because like just going to college games is kind of weird now. I think we touched on it too, and like just knowing that he's three years younger than us. He's and, born like two thousand two. Yeah, in a year, what he'll be making. 
like millions probably. Five million. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of funny. And then also, uh, Andrew Nemhard, the point guard, went off that game. I think he had like what finished with like twenty eight. Five and ten or three. Uh-huh. That guy has a silky jumper. He went crazy in that game, so that was really fun to watch. He was just really dishing it out and also just shooting from wherever he wanted and kind of getting it. So it was, I didn't think Timmy was that impressive when we saw him. He, I mean, he put up, what, he probably finished with 20, but it yeah. was like a very unimpressive 20. Yeah, it was kind of weird. He also looked a little, uh, he just looked, and maybe that was just the tournament and the magic of the tournament. But he looked so much more physically imposing last year watching him on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little underwhelmed with, in that sense. But the real noticeable thing about Gonzaga, and we talked about it so many times throughout the game, is just rebound, outlet pass. The ball's already inside the other team's three-point line, typically kicked out to the corner. Yeah. Like, they just get down the court so fast. They move. They move quick. They get out on the fast break, and that's where they got a lot of their points against uh, UCLA when they were playing. Because UCLA, I think in the first half shot, what, it was like, 26 and a half percent or something like that so they were just getting those boards and pushing it down and that's how they built their lead super quick early um and they just sat on that lead for the rest of the game there was times where ucla would get down to like what 18 16 but they just couldn't get past that like 15 mark to really make a difference um let's let's look at the other side though let's let's talk about uh hawkes because i did not think hawkes personally i mean he, he was their leading scorer i think he was their leading rebounder uh he seemed to force everything Seemed like he willingly passed up like good opportunities to get the ball moving around just to get into that post and do that same turnaround jump shot that almost got blocked like five times. Yeah, he would. He would, and I liked him watching him in the tournament last year too. Uh, he was, I mean, after Johnny Juzang, the yeah. second favorite player on that team. But yeah, like you were saying, he would get into that post. He'd he'd um, back him down, then try to get a little hook shot up. Which again, I mean. Chet is down there, so I don't know what you're, what you're thinking with that one. But I think he maybe hit like two of eleven on those shots, and he just kept trying to get it to fall, but it wasn't there. And then when he tried to extend his range and move outside a little bit to get away from that wingspan, it wasn't falling either. So it was just it, wasn't it was bad all around. And they weren't even giving it to Juzang, who was shooting well. He was shooting well. He he was a. Uh, I wonder if he got a little banged up on that cross. That his ankle looked a little. Uh, oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah Nemhard sent him to the ground. Yeah. He touched earth. That was awesome. Yeah, his ankle was a little. I mean, it was flat on the ground. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be telling to pull me after that one. Random question: In a lineup, would you be able to? No jersey, no nothing, just like straight face. Could you tell Johnny Juzang from Jules Bernard apart? Jules Bernard, the number one, the guy who's number one. Who, they look exactly the same. This guy. I have to. Let's see. Yeah, I think I could. Okay, I, I could not. I, I think, think I could. I, I literally think, could not. I think Jules Bernard looks really similar to uh, uh, Julian Strathers too. He does. Yeah. yeah. So, because so when they were in warmups, I obviously I knew Juzang was three, but I looked at the faces, and at first I was eyeing up Bernard. I was like, "That's mm-hmm. that's Juzang." He's like, had the presence. Yeah. yeah. Turns out it's not. They're well, you the exact same height too, which is oh like, really? Which makes it weird. You should have just uh, took the hints from the little kids screaming at Johnny to the side Johnny! of us, trying to get him to sign a ball. Johnny, uh, Tiger Campbell has a nest in the back of his head. I would just like to point out, I went to elementary school with Tiger, which is just kind of cool to say. And I remember one time there's this kid named Jared that wanted to play him because he thought he was better than him. And I think Tiger gave him an 18 point advantage, and they were playing at 21. And Tiger Campbell won twenty one to eighteen. However, that doesn't uh, that doesn't 
take away from the fact that that man needs to cut his hair. I don't know if he's like for if he has a purpose behind it, why he's doing it, but like you have to imagine his hair weighs like a good three pounds. It has to weigh it, yeah. maybe five. Yeah, like it's it, pretty big. It's thick, like and it just matted all on his head. And I mean, you can't imagine it. like smells good. Like I, I just it don't can't know be comfy you, to lay on. How do you put a shirt on? I don't understand. Like, like does he lay on the side of his head? That's he true. That's true. Does he lay that's on a good back? Point. Like. Maybe that, that's why the back's a little bit more thick, a little bit more support there. Yeah. But he, he played pretty well. He I like him, actually. He has a good mid-range game, has a good floater. He has a good, uh, like, composure and presence to him. Mm-hmm. He's definitely... Oh, yeah. He's like a point, a point guard's point guard. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like that Chris Paul almost. Yeah. Like, he'll, he's very calm and collected when you need him to be. And, unfortunately, he really didn't get to utilize those assets much because they were just trying to frantically come back. But Yeah, they really never had a chance past the... 12 minute mark whatever it was yeah exactly um, but that leads us into gonzaga duke which was at t-mobile um in vegas but we didn't attend uh I, we, i'm pretty sure we both watched it on tv though that was a a great game first of all uh gonzaga only lost by what three ish four let me, maybe let me go look uh Love those kind of games. I love the early, really good matchups in college basketball. Always fun to sit down and watch a good college basketball game. Um, wow, Duke is impressive. I I will say to you, I thought after watching Gonzaga just absolutely tear up number two that there was no way they would lose to anyone. I thought that they would beat Duke and it would be pretty comfortable, um, even though I had come on the podcast before and called Duke really fun like seven times because mm-hmm. uh, they are a really fun team obviously yeah. uh, that was had those recruits I don't know like that was a weird game it seemed like uh, I mean first of all that uh, Chet couldn't hit his shots a lot of foul trouble too yeah. for Chet as mm-hmm. well as Timmy and even did he have like I think, Strothers yeah. some foul trouble was it did Chet have like two wide open no, nobody around him threes that he missed I think so He he his shot even in the UCLA game wasn't very accurate from deep. I think he hit a couple in that game, but Dude, he has that knuckleball. Yeah, I'm his yeah his clip isn't too efficient. So he, the ball has no spin on it when he mm-hmm. shoots. But he ended up losing by three, by the way. Yeah. Um, Paulo, is that how you say it? Paulo, Paulo Branchero. He, he's sick. Uh, turns out the meta is just Give DWIs him. and then just go play. <laughs> I, there's a rumor that he was driving. Yeah, yeah, you heard that. That because. Uh, because like apparently, if you switch seats, both passenger or both people get charged with DWIs. So like that's why they're saying it. Uh, um, that would yeah. be interesting. Maybe that's just the new thing. Like maybe Aiden Hutchinson should just go drive a car drunk. Maybe he'll put up more points. Maybe he'll put more sacks. Because what did, I mean? What did he have? I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh, sponsoring that. Or <laughs> yeah, we don't support <laughs> drunk driving. Just uh, as a disclaimer. But Branchero did have like what 24, 22 in the first half. He balled, and yeah. then he balled the other night um, against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He had like twenty, and they lost, obviously. Which but, again, I don't really understand how that happens. But yeah, like that game against Gonzaga, like, well, what was it? I think they got they got up a couple times, and I was kind of worried. But um, you know who had a really good game for Gonzaga against Duke was Julian. Yeah, he did. He played really well. He he was hitting that floater, and he got it up quick, and it was very consistent for him, and then he started hitting some threes. He crashes the boards really nice. Yeah. You know who he kind of reminds me of? And I don't. I obviously am in no way, shape, or form like a high-level uh, recruit analyst or whatever. Uh, it's got a little Bruce Brown in him. 
Mm. Just like a little slashing, like kind of everywhere on the court. Yeah. Can do a little bit of everything. I kind of see where you're coming from. And also, that. he's like a little undersized, but I feel like he's at his best inside the free throw line. Yeah, I think I think he does. Well, I'm saying this knowing that he likes to shoot threes, just because he did take a yeah. lot of them in the two games that I've watched him play. But I think he did most of his damage on the inside. Yeah. Like you said, getting offensive boards or even uh, defensive rebounds. and then or cuts, whatever it is. Yeah, just getting those backdoor cuts and those floaters. So, But he played a really good game. It just wasn't enough because Branch Harrow. And then for Duke's big men are massive, dude. Who's, the, who's that one guy that's just like, he's got to be, like, if not one of the strongest college basketball players this year. I know like, exactly what you're talking he about. He just built. Is it a... Uh... It's like... I don't He's massive, though. Hold on, let me find it. Because I remember just seeing him and being like, yeah, him. Yeah, Theo John. Theo John. Yeah, he he's, looks like a... He's huge. <laughs> he looks like a... God, what's his name? It'll come to me randomly. He looks like a, a random rapper, like a fallen-off rapper. Oh, Waka Flocka? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can kind of see where you're coming <laughs> yes, from. exactly. Um, Waka Flocka Flame. Good stuff. Uh, he, he, hard, sick. he does go hard in the paint. He does. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but do you see that? You see the little walk of flock in there? I, I do definitely see it. He, um, also, he has a little bit of like Liberty High School, like O lineman kind of look. Oh, yeah, yeah. kind of some Polynesian yeah, in it, maybe. Like a little Poly. Uh huh. Which, shout out to Julian. Shout out to Julian. But that game. You know when your team loses and you kind of get a little heartbroken, almost you like your team. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Being Gonzaga. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, yeah, yeah. You like kind of get a little like, walk yourself in your room, down in the dumps a yeah, bit when you cry. see him lose. Like you're just like, oh man, that's how I felt after Gonzaga yeah. lost. I wanted him to win so bad. Did you wear a Ohio State hat last night? No, I honestly I didn't even watch the game to be honest with you because I was working on some schoolwork. But I mean, just from what I've seen. It's pretty crazy that they won. Didn't they go on like a 12-0 run to finish the game? And Yeah, the second half, I was actually just trying to find that. It was like 43, yeah, 41-23 in the second half in favor yeah, of Ohio State. That's so ridiculous. Also, who did Gonzaga almost lose to two nights ago? That random team they had a scare to? I don't recall, but I can look. Your team, bro. My team, I know. I should be more on this. Uh, I do have Tarleton. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... They were playing Tarleton, and they were up one at half, 26-25. And then, like, nice. in the 40s, I remember, it was like... I think Tarleton might have had a lead. I mean, that's got to drop their ranking a little bit, right? Like, Maybe. I need to find the official lead that Tarleton had, because I do remember seeing it on Sports Center. That would have little... been so sad. Oh, yeah. I would have had to throw away my Gonzaga hat. That would have been a sad day for you. It would have been an early exit. I know. From fanhood. I'm definitely claiming Spokane as my second hometown. Oh, I can't find it. Whatever. Um, should we talk? Let's talk about December. The month of December. Um, Very big month. A lot of stuff goes on in December, particularly Christmas, but just all the festivities that come with it. December football is also what really matters. The NFL, it's can you win in December? Well, depends on what team you're rooting for. For some, some you don't want to. For some, uh, December football... It's about tanking. Doesn't even matter, yeah. Like, right now, Bears are still in the playoff hunt. Four and seven. Could happen. Could happen. But very highly unlikely, so I do not care at this point. Um, for the most part, I obviously still support my team, and if we win games and I'm 
extremely happy, but it's a lot different for you than it is for me. Pro or anti-eggnog? Um, you know, I actually do like it. I haven't had it in a very long time, but I remember my grandma used to always have it and used to give it to us sometimes around the holidays, and I like it. Not a fan. Really? Respect. Uh, right. <laughs> always wanted to drink eggnog because it sounds kind of cool when mm-hmm. you're like, drinking glass eggnog. Festive, yeah. yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Uh, gingerbread houses, does the family do them? My mom is a huge Christmas lady. She likes to decorate the house, so gingerbread houses are a requirement. You design them? Um, sometimes I don't have the patience, but usually, yes, I'll take the time to sit down and do one, but other times I will watch others do them and not participate. Yeah, uh, my family does the little kits, and we get all of them, and we do like a little competition. Yeah. Uh, Structural engineering, not my thing. Can never really get the the four walls and the roof to. Mm. Really... You're more of a design type of guy. You're Exterior, in... yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, color. I'm good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I I think I'm the same way actually. Uh, Usually, my mom puts the houses together before. That's a cheat code. See that that shouldn't and be allowed. You know what? I think she also uses hot glue. See that's. See, I might have to question her well, her ethics and her fairness. But it it works. She, she found a method, and she, she stuck with it. A little Belichick of her? A, a little Belichick. The only problem is, I guess you could say, is that you can't consume the entire thing because there is hot glue attached to it, which will get you disqualified in like a baking competition. Hence that, why. That are on Netflix, yeah. Question her ethics. <laughs> Not an ethical decision to use the hot glue. Uh, real or fake tree? Uh, we used to do real... And then there was a year where we had like three of them die on us. So ever since then, we've been fake. It's just a lot easier, cleaner. Yep. Fake tree always in my house, but... Doesn't smell as good. Doesn't smell as good. Real trees, the the uh, needles getting everywhere is also a pain. Yeah, yeah, that definitely does stay a lot cleaner. And then you don't have to worry about like... Did you guys put like Sprite in your tree? Like to like water it type thing? Maybe yeah. that was an us thing. I don't know. We used to do that. I feel like... Maybe I'm just like completely Maybe wrong. that's why they were dying. Well, I feel like we always had done it, and then we just kept getting duds. You're like... Maybe, maybe you're right. Dad, I don't understand why these trees keep dying. I, I think... Like, I poured a liter of Sprite on it today. <laughs> it could be the case now that I think about it, but I think uh, the purpose was to give it some type of nutrients while it was just sitting there. Some nutrients. Some, some Sprite. But I don't know how a tree, now that I think about it, how a tree would absorb said nutrients through its, like, cut-off bark already. Like, it was already taken out, like, it has no roots. So I, anyways, you should talk to someone. I digress. Uh, Christmas lights on the house, Absolutely. Or, or Christmas lights on houses in general. Are you pro or anti? I'm pro. Are I you? like. I, I very much like them. Sometimes, like my parents have taken us in the car just to go around and drive through the neighborhood and looking at lights. I know ours have been up since like week before Thanksgiving. Elite. Um, uh-huh. What about? Uh, do you like clean lights in terms of like a clean, nice, presentable, or do you like when people just go? totally off the rail and do like everything different colors and sleds outside i i'm, I'm not it, a fan of that it depends on the household i think that some people do kind of that crazy style a lot better and those are the houses that you want to like go look at you know mm-hmm. but like for my house personally i know that like we do our house is in like the white just normal lights and then our like trees and bushes have like the colorful lights on them so a little mix of both but there's it's not like too much to yeah. where you're kind of just disoriented by it, I guess. Does your family put up lights? No. No. My dad my dad has never. 
Yeah, just uh, didn't want to pay someone or even do it himself. Just never have, honestly. Yeah. But we do decorate the inside of the house, which is a great time. Um, I love like going to your kitchen or walking wherever in your house and seeing a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. It's the best feeling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, especially as a kid, too, just like yeah. seeing the presents pile up. Yeah. Or the menorah. Or the menorah. Or, or, yeah. It's great to see the menorah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, we have to represent for everybody. But... Yeah, I just wanted to ask some of those questions. I was thinking about my favorite things of December. Uh, did you do anything for Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Any any good cops? Nah, I I went to I went to uh, Black Friday once in my life, and it was overwhelming to say the least. So I think that was twenty seventeen. So that was when we were in high school, and haven't gone back since. Actually, that's funny you say that because I think mine was the only time I've done it, or the last time I've done it, I should say. Uh, 2014 or 15 when the Xbox One came out mm. uh, I got an Xbox One on Black Friday at Target there was two left and my brother and I uh, outraced a, an old <laughs> so uh, have you seen the video of the uh, the lady snatching the box out of the little kid's hands no dude it's pretty brutal <laughs> and then the mom of the little kid got in a fight with the lady and she was like why are you being so aggressive like I don't understand stop you're hurting me as she just mercilessly <laughs> ripped a box out of a child's hands but that's yeah, awesome. it's those types of um, stories are always crazy from Black Friday that's why I do not participate it's fair uh, should we talk NFL NFL yeah let's get into it haven't done it for a little bit should we start with kind of a recap of our picks which we have continued to do um, yeah. even though we haven't been making podcasts I've made sure to get Jack's predictions and also write mine down so that way they haven't been good yeah, they haven't been good. <clears throat> we maybe shouldn't have recorded from the past or recorded our picks from the past couple of weeks because so two weeks ago for week eleven, um, Jack went ten to fifteen. I went nine to fifteen, which isn't bad. That was one of our that was one of our revival weeks, actually. Yeah, and then uh, from this past week, we both went six to fifteen. So not a great week for us. Um, hoping we can turn it around, but we are. I think we decided shooting at a sixty-two and a half percent clip. Not too bad. Um, which isn't... Some Rudy Gobert numbers. Yeah, too bad, I guess. Um, but if you want to just hop right into it, let's just roll through these games and get some picks selected. So For this upcoming week? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Cowboys at Saints, which is tomorrow. Uh, ooh, Amari Cooper back. I'll take the Cowboys. I'm also going to take the Cowboys. Giants at Dolphins. Dolphins. Uh, I'm also going Dolphins. They've been playing well mm-hmm. as of recently, uh, and I don't trust Daniel Jones. Uh, Colts at Texans. Colts. I'm also going Colts. T.Y. Hilton is going to go insane on the Texans. You think? That's just that's all he does. Yeah. Well, last he, time you said Tyrod Taylor is going to go insane on whatever team that he always goes insane on. Who was that? That that was from. Like, oh. Uh, I forget. Who did they play? Yeah, when he came, it was his first game back. Right? Yeah, and he threw like four picks. It is what it is, though. It's fair. It's fair. I was, but I'd like to see T.Y. Hilton. He was one of my favorite receivers when he was healthy, like years ago. But he just has issues staying on the field nowadays. It's always that hamstring. Yep. Vikings at Lions. Vikings. I feel like making a sneaky Lions pick here, but I'm. Not, I would avoid this week. I'm not. Yeah, after <laughs> last week, I'm not going to do that to myself. Eagles at Jets. Eagles. Have yeah. I taken every favorite? Jeez. For the most part, yeah. Actually. I think everyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, cards at the powerful Chicago Bears. <laughs> I'm going to take the cards. I'm going Bears. I have to. <laughs> and if we win, I'm hoping Kyler's out. Really? Well, of course. <laughs> but uh, I would love to see Colt McCoy on Sunday. Uh, Chargers at Bengals. I hope Andy Dalton plays for the rest of the year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot more. I just said one game. I just need to do a little bit more rehab. Uh, what was the game? Uh, Chargers at Bengals. Bengals. Ooh, the Bengals looked really impressive last week. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Chargers had a dud, too. Oh, yeah. I, uh, so you're going Bengals. Chargers keep letting me down, but I'm going to go with Chargers just because... I the Broncos kind of smacked on them. The, yeah, dude. It was, it was bad. Very bad game for Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, Buccaneers at Falcons. Uh, I got to take the, I got to take Brady over the Falcons any chance I get. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got the Bucks as well. Jags at Rams. Uh, I'll take the Rams, but I think they're just not that great of a football team. As of recently, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, WFT against or at the Raiders. Also kind of a weird one. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to watch that game. Mm-mm. Uh, I'll take WFT. All right, I'm going to go Raiders, I guess. Maybe split some games. Ravens at Steelers. Ravens, but that game feels weird to me. I'm going Ravens, too. Uh, Steelers haven't won a game since us, since they lost to the Bears. Which Lamar Jackson since also the Bears. looked horrible last week. Four picks. He looked horrible. Yeah, brutal. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to make the the Steelers. Maybe they'll have a fun week of practice with music. And who uh, knows? Yeah, maybe yeah. Big Ben will. They'll play. Some, did you see that Chase Claypool? Uh-uh. <laughs> Bro, Chase Claypool told a reporter that he, he says that they could make practice more fun by playing music during practice, and like it would make it more jo- enjoyable for all the players. And <laughs> after they just got smacked by the the Bengals, some reporter was like. Chase Claypool thinks you guys should play music like in your practices to have more fun. And Mike Tomlin's like, you know, he plays wide out. I'll let him do that. I'll, I'll stick with the coaching plan or like the <laughs> practice plan. So Mike Tomlin's anti-music. He's anti-music. Good for him. I mean, they need to figure something out there in Pittsburgh. He seems like an audiobook guy anyways. Yeah, he kind of has that vibe yeah. to him. Yeah, maybe some white noise. It's nothing but white yeah. noise. That see that's a serial killer body. I, <laughs> I can see that. He does have that kind of like blank stare, you know. Yeah. Uh Niners at Seahawks. Niners at Seahawks. Uh, I'll take the Seahawks. I'm going Niners. Um Broncos at Chiefs. Broncos coming off a huge yeah, win. I'll take the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are actually good now. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are hitting, so I'm gonna go Chiefs as well. Um there was a point where the Chiefs and the Bears had the same record. That has indeed changed. Uh just that you say that, this has nothing to do with the Chiefs. Uh, how do you feel that the uh, Steelers are ahead of the Browns in the division? It's kind of gross, um, especially because the Steelers started off. So Wait, Let's horrendous. finish the picks and let's talk about that, because okay. I actually want to talk about that. Uh, Pats at Bills, last game. Oh, Pats. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. Bills, Bills, Bills. I'm sorry. So you're taking the Bills over the Pats, huh? Yeah. Oh. Everyone's saying the Pats are the best team in the NFL now. I think it's a pump the brakes. Mm. Ah, dude, I think I'm going to take the Pats. It's fair. We'll see. We'll see how that goes for me. But 
Those are our picks for the week. And then to your question, how do I feel about Pittsburgh being in the yeah, division? Let's actually just talk about it. Let me expand on it because I think undoubtedly you or I – I mean, I wasn't very, very high on the uh, – actually, I was wrong anyways. The Browns are ahead because of the tie. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, they're dead even, uh, but the Browns have the tie break. But the Browns, you and I would have admitted before the season, are like – among one of the top-ranked teams, probably going to compete for that AFC Championship spot. Really good roster. Really good roster. A lot of people might even say they have the best roster in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, they were gassed up from every which angle, like whether it be the best defense, the best D line, Miles Garrett being the best defensive player. You the, know the running the running offense, the, the Baker O-line. angle. Yeah, the Baker angle. Like people were saying, Baker's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Like he's a top ten quarterback. Um, it's weird. They're mm-hmm. six and six. They have really struggled in their own conference, which is kind of weird. Uh, I mean, not weird. It's just not what you want to see. You know what I mean? Uh, one and two in their division, and they have a negative point differential. Uh, for all the talk, or actually, let me say this: What do you think is going on with the Browns? And don't include Baker's injury in your answer. Hmm. Because that's the, that's the only answer I feel like people say. is like, oh, Baker's really beat up. It's like, well, every NFL player is beat up in Week 12. Yeah, I, don't, I honestly couldn't even tell you because, I mean, their defense is healthy for the most part, right? They still have Garrett. They still have Clowney. I mean, their corners and DBs seem to all be fine. And JOK is playing so good. Right. And then, I mean, Chubb was out. Or not Chubb. Uh, Hunt was out for a little bit. But, I mean, that shouldn't have that big of an effect on you because you do have Chubb. And then who's... The running back that was playing so nice. Well, Chubb and Kamara, uh, Kareem Hunt? Who was, uh, no, the one that was filling in. Oh, Demetric Felton. He was playing really good, yeah. too, while they were both out. Demetric so, Felton I mean, and Dearness Johnson, they both were. Yeah, I can. I honestly couldn't tell you, because it seems like they, they have the pieces. Oh, it, OBJ left, that's what happened. Of course, Obviously. right? Yeah, but no, honestly, I, I couldn't even tell you, because they have a pretty complete roster, and yes, Baker's hurt, but you can't just solely blame that for some of their shortcomings. I don't know what you think, though. Do you have a prediction? I, I think it's it's entirely Baker. Uh, personally, I I think I just don't think Baker's he's just not good. the guy. I just don't think he's that great. I think he's like a solid quarterback in the NFL. He's got his playoff win, like good for him. I mean, he, they they beat a team that like the first snap sailed over Big Ben's head and they scored. They're up seven zero in five seconds. I forgot about that game. They yeah. smacked him. Yeah, the defense I mean, had like four touchdowns. Yeah, game it, they were literally up seven in five seconds. So mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not gonna act like like Baker's responsible for that win. Um, I don't know. I, I I've said it in my hot take has been uh, watch out for the Browns for uh, Russell Wilson. That would be interesting. They I think they're a team, and especially because they haven't paid Baker. They haven't paid Baker, and that's been like the whole back and forth. I would watch out for them because I think that they're one of the few teams that are in a position where they can legitimately trade first-round picks for a quarterback and feel like, okay, like this might actually put us over the hump. Let's make a push, yeah. I mean, if that was the case, where would Baker end up? Seattle. You think they would do it? With much picks. Oh, okay, they would trade him. I got you, I got you. That would be gross. Yeah, Seattle would go into a full rebuild. Yeah, that would be so gross if Baker was in Seattle. They'd be terrible. But then he would have one year, and then he would be a free agent. And then where does he go? I feel like quarterback's kind of a a weird subject, because I feel like a lot of teams either have their future or have their guy, you know? Which I guess, like... There's a surplus on quarterbacks. 
Yeah, there there really is. There really is. And then I mean, you have guys coming out in the draft this year, like Matt Corral. Like, where does he go? Because Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett might be the top five pick. Yeah. I, uh, exactly. No, I, I actually have been talking about this probably for like a year and a half. Like, there really is a surplus on good quarterbacks, or at least starting caliber quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah. Because you think about all the people with, with actual guys. And then you have Jameis coming back for the Saints. I don't know if Saints move on. Yeah. Um, and then we have draft prospects. But, like, there's still just, like, this – and then Fitzpatrick coming back. You know Fitzpatrick's going to end up starting games for some team next year because mm-hmm. that's just what he does. Yeah, that's what he does, yeah. Uh, I mean, think about the teams that are in the market, so to speak. So, I guess, like, hypothetically, if Russ leaves, Seahawks. Seahawks. Lions. Washington football team. Probably. Jets. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Technically, they have their guy, so I'm not going to include him. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, bro. He sucks. He, yeah, he does. You, you saw his pick? He's horrible. Off the back? Yeah, he's horrible. There's no excuse for that. Um, I mean, this is a stretch with Titans. I don't, I don't see that one. That, that one's kind of a stretch. But, I mean, maybe Eagles, because I mean, they're going to move off of... I think they keep Hurts, actually. You think? I think they do. I, Gi- Giants? I, I think... I actually was just going to say, I... I uh, my take coming into this podcast that I wanted to at some point uh, get off, my two takes that mm-hmm. I want to do at some point sneak in, is uh, Daniel Jones is done. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson is not the starter week one next year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. That's, that's pretty that big. That, yeah, that is pretty big. And then my third one for fun was uh, Trey Lance never plays a full season for the Niners. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. They, uh, what was he, the fifth pick? Third. Oh, third. Even higher, mm-hmm. and they just decide they just not going to play him for. A few Haven't years. heard much about him. That is true. He was the uh, well. Actually, it's it's funny because in the preseason, everything coming out of Niners camp was that he's uh, like pretty much a Super Bowl caliber Hall of Fame quarterback, going to take the league by storm. Uh, he's played one game, started one game, I should say, uh, and every other rookie quarterback has been in the swing, at least first round, uh, except for maybe Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. and certainly like the. The Niners certainly made the wrong pick. Uh, Justin Fields and Mac Jones are for sure more promising at this point. Um, well, I think that's what everyone's saying on draft day, too. They're kind of surprised that, like, with the third pick, they took him, who was kind of inexperienced, it seemed. And trading two first-round picks on top of it. Right. And, like, to your stuff. point, too, like, about not hearing a lot about Lance, it's kind of funny, too, because I feel like I was thinking about this the other day. I haven't heard much about Trevor Lawrence as well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence might be bona fide bust at this point. I mean, it's it, so early. It's so early. It's early, but do you think he's not it's that. mostly because he's a product of the Jags? Or like Could being be. on the Jags? Could be. But have you watched, honestly, have you watched uh, any of his games lately? I can't tell you I've sat down and watched a Jags game, no. Or at least like seen it on Red Zone or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. He's not that impressive to me, at least. Uh, and like, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm a 21 year old male who, like, no one cares about my opinion. Right. Uh, he's really, I don't think, I don't find him to be that impressive. I think early on on this podcast, I actually did say that I thought he'd be a bust. That yeah. was like week two or three that I said that. So that would be interesting if I was right. But, I mean, like you were just saying, it is early, so it's kind of hard to tell, especially with him being on such a bad team. It's weird to see the Niners, though. They're, they actually are in the playoffs right now if the, play, if the season were to end today. Uh, but you have to imagine Kyle Shanahan, deep down, would never admit it, has to feel pretty sick over <laughs> passing on, at le- I mean, at least Mac Jones. Yeah, well, with Mac, what he's doing. Well, I think Mac, honestly, though, with 
that case, he fell into the perfect yeah. situation. Like it's the system. Yeah, it's it, like. But he's very talented. He's very talented. I'm not saying he's not. But it's I think like for him, that was like the perfect place to go. Because um, if he ended up in Chicago, there'd be no way he'd be that good. Because he'd be running for his life. Function. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then um, he he'd probably be okay in San Francisco, just because they have a great old line. He'd, he'd be good. And he can do what Jimmy G can do. He'd be good sure. in San Francisco. That's yeah. what's funny. He'd be good. Yeah, so I mean, sucks to suck, I guess, let's, if you're noticing. Let's, let's reverse it. Are the Patriots better record-wise and overall team-wise if they have Jimmy G right now over Mac Jones, or do you think they're just as good? I think they're probably just as good. That, I, that's like, kind of like how I view it. You know mm-hmm. I, mean? I think Mac Jones steps onto the Niners and probably is just as good, if not better, purely because of the potential. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go back on the Browns. I just want to throw this out there. Um, and I'm going to do this on the Rams because – it's come to my attention that uh-huh. people still f- seem to think these teams are great. Uh, the Browns have are six and six. Their six wins are Texans, Bears, Vikings, Broncos, Bengals, Lions. Let's go over their six losses. Week one, Chiefs, great game. They they should have won. won. Yeah, yeah, they should have won that yeah. game. Uh, the Chargers, week five. That one was. A, I don't know if you remember really that. Really close one. Too. They were up a lot. They were. Yeah. Let me and the Chargers stormed back and got that late, late touchdown, and that couldn't put them over the top. Yeah, they, uh, they had like multiple a- chances to put that game away, let's just say. Yeah, they were up 27-13 in the third quarter. Uh, then they were up 42-35 with four minutes left, and then ended up losing 47-42. Not even by a field goal, by 47-42. Yeah, that's um, because. Any rate, so yeah, they lost to uh, the Chiefs week one, the Chargers week five in, in the, the heartbreaker, uh, got smashed by the Cardinals the next week, 37-14, lose to the Steelers 15-10 two weeks later, and then lose to the Pats 45-7 uh, two weeks after that, mm. and then lose to the Ravens 16-10 last week. So to sum that up, their six losses are the Chiefs, Chargers, Cardinals, Steelers, Pats, Ravens. Those are six teams that are like, not bad teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? I also think, like, to that point, too, I think, I mean, we kind of touched on it just going through them. They could have won, what, half of those, or they Two. should have won. What about the, uh, well, I'm putting the Baltimore game in there, too, because that was anyone's that game. Was, yeah, it was a one-score game. So, like, Very true. Uh, especially when Lamar is throwing you four picks, you got to make the most of those opportunities. But, like, so, realistically, they could be nine and three. They could be eight and four. Very yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eight and four very so, easily. I mean, but that's the thing about the NFL. It's like, if you're, I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Also, like, if you're not going to beat the, the average to good teams and you're beating the bad teams, like, that's never a situation you want to be in. Well, yeah, and if you do end up making the playoffs, good luck, because you mm-hmm. never beat a team that... And if you're losing been. close a lot, what do you think is going to happen in the playoffs? Yeah, same thing, yeah. When everything slows down. Yeah, I completely understand that. That's my take, at least. Uh and then you were going to segue that into the Rams. Huh? Can we talk? Can we talk about the Rams for a little? I know. I know you're going to have a lot to say about this. I uh, first of all, I don't think the Rams are that good. Um, I think. Let me take that back. Let me take a step back. The Rams are a good team. I don't think the Rams are a great team, and I don't think the Rams are like the inner circle of contenders. That's how I feel as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen it all over Twitter, and I wholeheartedly believe it. If this was Jared Goff right now, who's playing like Matthew Stafford is, Jared Goff would be getting so disgustingly abused on all social media and even ESPN, it wouldn't even be funny. I think it's funny. I I somewhat agree with that, and I also think it's funny that 
<laughs> you just kind of knew it was going to happen, but during the Packers game, you were just waiting for the, oh, Stafford's been playing hurt right at the beginning of the game. You knew it was going to happen at some point because he had been playing so poorly, and then, like... Oh, Stafford has chronic back pain. It's like, oh, his back. Oh, it might be his shoulder, too. Like, I think that was what the announcer or the commentator actually said. They're like, and there may be some type of issue with his shoulder. We don't know what exactly it is. Like, how can you just speculate at yeah. that point? So, I mean, but, but yeah... Like, n- if you're not injured at week 12 in the NFL season, like you're probably not playing. Yeah, regardless of his injuries, he's been playing terrible. All I'm going to say, uh, that the Rams right now have one win against a winning team, and that would be the Bucs. Uh, week three, they beat them 34-24. Uh, the three winning teams they've played other than that would be the Cardinals lost 37-20, Titans lost 28-16, and the Packers lost 36-28. And then their other loss would be getting smashed by the Niners, 31-10, who I believe are 500 right now. Yeah. And in those in those games that you said, too, like it's it's kind of funny because... I'm sorry, know. Niners are above 500. So they, they're one in three against five, above 500 teams, yeah. I'm sorry. Or one in four, I'm sorry. And none of those teams, like in those games, none of those games were close, really. Like even, even close. The Cards game, like that score was boosted a little bit because they got a garbage time touchdown. Hail Mary at the end of the first half was the only thing that kept them in the game, honestly. Uh-huh. It could have easily been 37 12 or 37 13, whatever it was. I feel like the opposing teams were a lot more dominant than the scores might kind of show. And also, uh, I know like point differential isn't like that big of a deal. Pretty interesting that they have a negative point differential. Negative I didn't realize that, especially because they're supposed to be so highly powered offensively. So It's pretty interesting. Also, let me just go with the, the, the surprise teams that have a negative point differential. Uh, them, the Chargers, minus 20. Kind of interesting. Mm. And uh, the... I guess the Raiders, minus 36, isn't really that surprising. Never mind. <laughs> but at any rate, I found that to be interesting. I think the Rams are fraudulent. And that's my case. I feel very strongly about that Jared Goff take, though. Like, I, I firmly believe that if Jared Goff was playing that way for the Rams right now, that he would be getting blasted into the galaxies. Yeah, he for sure would. I mean, just it's just Jared Goff. So people, are, I think, were sick of his play like that. So if it continued, if it was him, he definitely would be feeling it. Also, another side note, because I just was stat digging last night. Uh, of all Ram seasons under McVay, hmm. uh, this is the second worst they've been through 12 weeks, record-wise. What so, was the first? Uh, it was with Goff when they missed the playoffs after they went to the Super Bowl. They were oh, like 6-5 okay. and five or something yeah. like that, and they're 7-4 and four right now. Okay, That was last season, right? No, that was after they went to the Super Bowl, our freshman oh, year. Oh, so... Our sophomore year of, of college, gotcha, they, gotcha. they went like 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs. Gotcha. But every other year with Goff, they were like 10-1, and 8-3... and three, uh, and then I think the other one was seven and four tied with them right now. We also should mention that eight and four. McVay had some pretty bad uh, calls in that Packers game from this past weekend too, like running the ball when you had no timeouts and you couldn't. It was on third down too, so it's not like you could spike it to stop the clock. And he only ended up gaining what a yard or two. Uh, just a very bad call overall, especially when you're trying to score a touchdown and then get an onside kick. Or seems like the ties are turning a little bit on that that front. Mm-hmm. It seems like, especially, I, I should even group it together. Maybe the. Uh, Seems like the tides have turned in the NFC West for all four head coaches. And think about that. Pete on the downturn. Pete on the down. McVay getting questioned when he was clearly just like straight up for his first four years. There was, he was the Wonder Boy. Yeah, or the Wonder Boy, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Shanahan 
been getting, I mean, he's been horrible this year. Right. Getting questioned. And then Cliff, Cliff getting doubted? Then you have Cliff. And now he's on the come up? And apparently people are still uh, sure he's going to take a college coaching job. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. I don't know why you take a college coaching job when your team is, what, eight and two? Eight nine and two. Nine and two. Like, why? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, you're having great success in the NFL, which is like the highest league you can get into, and you just take a step yeah. down. Yeah, I don't know. To go recruit. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't make sense at yeah, all. Yeah, Kyler got interviewed today at practice, and he was like, I think Cliff's job's pretty good right now. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to say so. I mean, it's objectively very good. So, But, I mean... I had to get my uh, little my sp- spiel off. Spiel out the rant out of the way? No, 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 you're good. We can move on to, to whatever. Um... I don't know if you prepped any started off hards this week. I actually did not, but I do have okay. off the top of my head. And okay. I don't. I don't have a stat line, but Joe Mixon for sure. Joe okay. Mixon. I'll pull it up right now. He he played a fantastic game. I don't know if you have any. I so mine. Of course, I just had to mention Leonard Fournette. He was insane. Yeah, the four total touchdowns. Also, your fantasy team. Yeah, on my fantasy <laughs> team, which was a huge boost, of course. Uh, four touchdowns, three rushing, one receiving, 100 total yards, and seven receptions for 31 total yards. So uh, I'm going to give it three seconds for the sound. All right, LeBron go down. Ah! LeBron James started off hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he started off. He hard. started off hard for sure. Uh, let me give Joe Mixon's stat line really quick because I yeah, just got it. Uh, 28 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns, and I believe he caught the ball for uh, only. Never mind, he didn't have. An, a significant impact receiving, but still, twenty-eight for one sixty-five, six-yard average. It's pretty good. Helped them put the whooping on the Steelers. They beat the crap out of the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh, who also played really well. Um, I had one more on my list, and that was uh, Patrick Sertain, oh, the second. He had two picks, and one of them was a pick six. So, as a matter of fact, I think today's his birthday, or maybe oh. yesterday. So, happy birthday! He got a nice little birthday gift on Sunday from Justin Herbert. Two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? Also, I think. Was it Jalen Phillips for the Dolphins? Someone had three sacks. I think it might have been Jalen Phillips. He balled. The rookie for the Dolphins. Nice little rookie. Give me, just give me the easy stats to look at. Come on. Yep, three sacks against the uh, Panthers. He balled. He's really good. Him and uh, uh, Gregory Rousseau, mm-hmm. they're going to be fun to watch. Nice little combo there. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, you got anything else for the NFL? Not necessarily. I just know that you and I... As we alluded to in our picks, Bears v. Cards, so we'll probably be watching that together. should be interesting. I'm expecting the Cardinals to put a hurt on us, but we'll see if Kyler plays. I will say, uh, <laughs> I just will say, that the Cardinals have been notoriously bad under Cliff coming out of the bye week. So, something to watch. That's what I'm really paying attention to. Uh, they've kind of fallen apart after the bye week in Every year he's been there. Both years he's been there. I wonder, though, because every game that I remember the Cardinals playing in Chicago, I feel like you guys do very well. The last time I remember was the Larry five touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Was it four touchdowns? It was something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the case, then you guys might win. But we'll see who's starting, who's playing. I I remember remember a young Greg Olson going off in one of those games for the Bears. Man, the, the Cards and the Bears have some good games. Our management is terrible. Imagine getting rid of Greg Olson. Young Greg Olson. Young Greg Olson. Who yeah. then went to the Panthers and played some very good seasons. He was a very good player. And then same case with Robbie Gould, who's like automatic. Mm-hmm. He is still very good. Yeah, uh, depressing. little rematch of the Dennis Green game. 
the Bears are who we thought they were. Dude, I that <laughs> I know that game very well just because that well, that was what 2006. Yep, Weiner. Yeah, because that was uh, Devin Hester's Devin his first year, and he got that kick return. Mm-hmm. So I I know that game very well, and then I think also was it. Brian Urlacher or somebody got a pick six or something like that. Offline, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And then, of course, that infamous quote. The hey. Bears are who we thought they are. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I think, did he pass away, Dennis Green? I'm not sure. Ooh, let me look that up. That'd be sad if I didn't know that. Yeah, he did, actually, in 2016. That sucks. That's unfortunate. Uh, the Bears! The Bears! <laughs> uh, but we, we will be watching together, I'm sure. Yeah. And so it should be kind of a fun time, hopefully, for the both of us. Hopefully it's close. Crossing my fingers. Let's talk some NBA. Let's talk some quick NBA. Let's do it. Um, you watched the game Warrior Suns last night. Yeah, should we just start off with the Suns no loss November? That is crazy. I saw that stat this morning and I was like, wow. Did you see who the last team to do that was in the NBA? Don't tell me. In November or just in any month? The, yeah, to go. Uh, I think it was in any month to go lossless. I mean, it's begging me to choose the the Warriors from. That, it, that yeah. is the team, yeah. yeah, from like 15, 16? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, how could they not if they were 73, and, or what are they, 73 and 9? Mm-hmm. I think how the, could they not have gone a month undefeated? That, yeah, I think the Heat Big 3 was on there too. Oh, because they had like a 25-game win streak, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. I remember that. That was like the second or third year with LeBron, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the second, and they were like, I think they had gone like 26 yeah. straight, and then they lost one to like Charlotte. Yeah, when the, Charlotte yeah was I like remember bad. that. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, that's actually... That unlocked a little bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that game, though. Uh, Warrior Suns. It looked like a playoff environment. I kind of wish I went. Dude, awesome game. We definitely need to go to the Suns yeah, game I don't know here why pretty we, soon. We should have gone to that game. But um, it. I mean, I fully thought like once Devin Booker pulled up, which I didn't even see him walk out of the game. It kind of just was like Devin Booker is out for the game. Yeah, awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it was over. I thought the Warriors were going to win. The Suns' depth is crazy. Well, and that's what I was going to say. McCall Bridges. Or kind of locked up Steph, and Steph had a terrible shooting night. That was the worst shooting game of his career. Yeah. Uh, With shooting over 20 shots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, what is he, 4 what, for 21? Wasn't that yeah. what it was? Yeah, terrible. Let's talk about... Uh, hold on. I, I have to bring up... It's Alfred, right? Alfred Payton? Alfred Payton. I, I thought, for some reason, I thought it was Eldred. I don't know. I'm stupid. Uh, he's their 11th man. Uh, he started for the Knicks last year. The depth is stupid. Yeah, and he's a good. Like, I think I was talking about the Lakers maybe signing him in this offseason because I we think were. I think he's a good defender. Yeah, he's a good rotation uh, point guard for sure. So it's crazy that he's so deep on their bench. Just wait till playoff time, and if I mean, for I, I forbid s- if anyone gets hurt, to throw him in or you know whoever else, and they'll be fine for the most part. Like even Frank Kaminsky, and now they have Javale McGee who's been playing outstanding for he them. Pretty good. Too. Yeah, he really well. But, uh, I mean, Aiton's coming back now. So. I was just going to say, uh, Aiton has been everything and more. Mm-hmm. I uh, can't believe they didn't sign him. Realistically, it wasn't a bad move when they broke down like the, the financial structure of it. Uh, and he'll probably be back. And he'll, pro- yeah, if and he'll probably be back, but like, he's really good. Yeah. Like, he's special. Uh-huh. And think about Chris Paul. I don't know about you. Like, He's awesome, and he plays... He's insane. He's one of the most efficient players I've ever seen. But, like, I just have that imminent feeling, like, this isn't going to last in the playoffs. And I watch you're him just, play. You're just worried about his playoff play? He did decent this last year. Yeah, but then, like, the, after game, what was it, game three going on in the finals, he just 
broke down. Like yeah, couldn't hit. He just was making he was making plays that Chris Paul just never makes. Like mm-hmm. Horrible turnovers, turnovers horrible yeah. decisions, like all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to take away from their start because it's 21 games in. Well, and but, he also leads the NBA right now in clutch plus yeah, minus, cl- right? Yeah, clutch points or clutch efficiency, whatever. Yeah, it yeah. Is. but which is insane. I think I, I just always have to think about it when I watch him play. I'm always just like. When he plays during the regular season or playoffs, whatever it is, like, it looks so effortless. He gets to that, like, inside the the free throw line, that like pull up, yeah, that post yeah. jumper, mm-hmm. and it's like that's going in every time. That's the spot. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know why it changes in the, in the offs. And you don't you think that players would understand that and try to take that away from him? But he's like, gets to it so time. smart, and he knows what he's doing. He'll get there somehow, some way. Gets to it every time, bro. Uh, but I mean. I think the Suns are now solely first place in the league, right? They are. After that win. Uh, um, you watched the Lakers game too, right? Mm-hmm. Lakers-Kings. Uh, Finally got a big win. Like they, That was their biggest win of the season. Yeah, every game they've been kind of keeping it close. But I think we talked about too. It seems like the Lakers are sort of kind of figuring things out. I can see it. Yeah. I can, I can see it, but it's... It's still going to take a little bit more time. The rotations are still bad. Yeah. They're bad. Uh-huh. They got to figure out... And it's it's always, at this point, it's not even what it was the first couple games where it seemed like they just weren't even talking or, or had any sort of flow. Mm-hmm. It's always like the fourth or fifth pass now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the team gets in a set and they go for a trap and then they rotate just a little too late and they do the third pass to the corner and it's wide open. It's yeah. just like... It's killer. But Russ has been fantastic. Russ has been good. Uh, I mean, LeBron, when he plays, has been good. Yeah. He but, had a really uh, horrible game shooting the ball against the Kings the first game they played mm-hmm. when they lost. Yeah. And then he shot really well two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Who did they play two nights ago? Uh, oh, shoot. Who was it? Uh, Pistons again? I think it was the Pistons, right? I'm pretty sure it was the Pistons. I'm not even going to check. I'll take your word for it. Um, but, yeah. It was, it was the Pistons, actually. I just see it right here. Uh, yeah, he shot really well then. Um, I don't know. I, I think there was, there was a couple of plays that Russ made that I actually wanted to highlight. I literally wrote down a sentence describing them because I thought they were so amazing. Uh, there was two back-to-back passes. I don't know if you remember. At one point late in the game, this is what I – and it was promising to see because I feel like AD doesn't do this enough. They got into the half court, and AD had Buddy Heald switch onto him under the basket, and he was like, "Like, okay, this is my post up. Yeah, this is mine." Mm-hmm. Got into the low post, was calling for the ball. Russ kicks it in. Buddy Heald like punches it back out, and then Russ gets it again and does like the fake, and then he drove and like went up for the layup and went back. Did you see mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. To, to the three point shooter at the yeah. top of the key? Um, that was a crazy. Yeah, that's that's to to Monk. it was Malik Monk. I, I, think. I think it was Ellington actually. And then yeah, and Carmelo was wide open on the on the uh, the arc. Yeah, and so that pass was crazy, and I was like, "That's beautiful." Um, and then the fast break spin when he like went like that off mm-hmm. the spin to the corner. Those were two insane passes. And I think too, I mean, if the Lakers can get some more efficiency in turn of or in like regarding turnovers with Russ, then they'll be in a lot better spot because I think he's averaging like it's gotta be somewhere like four or five. Yeah, I think LeBron's averaging more actually. Really? I, oh no he, it's four they're both averaging four. Oh okay. Uh, so I guess same thing. They yeah. just need to be like like Chris Paul like we were just talking about just being more consistent mm-hmm. with the ball and taking care of it. And then they'll be in a lot better place, especially because I know you've probably been watching too, but in like the Kings game and some other games, when they've gotten into late game situations, it's just the turnovers that kill them, and then they're done. But like we were saying earlier, 
It seems like Russ is kind of finding his groove. Um, when LeBron plays, they, they're starting to play a lot better together. The spacing gets a little bit better. And mm-hmm. The flow of everything gets better. Also, the the lineups without Russ are going to be really... like Even though you, you want Russ on the court, the lineups with LeBron, AD, and the shooters are going to be great lineups for him. Well, yeah, that's how you... Like, historically, with LeBron, yeah. that's how you build a yeah. championship team. Just get some shooters out around him. And then you have AD, who's... Not shooting the ball well himself. He's so. not a shooter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, is not really a clear this year that he's not a shooter. So hopefully he, I mean, because he's been a decent three point shooter as a big man his whole career. So Dude, I don't know what's going on with him. When they when they beat the the Heat in the finals, like it was it was him shooting the ball that was killer. Like he was he was hitting daggers. It was that that three on the arc that really ended the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like in that Heat series and especially in that run in the bubble. Anytime you took a, a high post shot or a deep or a, a deep two or a three, you're like that's going in. Yeah, well, he had that game winner three over the the Nuggets. Exactly. Uh, so like, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know what happened. Oh, I forgot that ended the series, didn't it? No, I think that took him to three one or something. Oh, that's like right. That. Yeah. So I mean, pretty much it did. But Were like, we in Idaho when that happened? Um, I don't know. I remember watching it. I I was definitely there. I'm not sure if you were there with me. I think I might have been. But but either way. Anyways, Anthony Davis shooting 19% from the three-point Yeah, line. like, isn't that... That's like the NBA his, like lowest ever, right? It's, it's got to be... I'm pretty sure that was the stat, right? The stat muse was like, uh, he's the least efficient uh, volume jump shooter in history, right? Wasn't that it? Yeah, it is Let something it up. very dumb like that. Like It was not what you want to see. Especially for your star player, your, one of your three star players. Like, you don't want to see that for him. I gotta get this quote. I mean, the stat. I'm sorry. But do you think, like personally, I know you're probably not going to agree with this, just because I mean you're such a Russ guy. But and I, I like Russ. I'm not saying I don't. But do you think the Lakers would have been in a better place had they, like, let's say, traded Buddy Hill? Yeah, like two guys for Buddy Hill, like Kuzma and I think they wanted Kuzma and Montrez and like a pick for Hield, and then they may have also been able to get like DeRozan or. I think, I, I firmly believe, and this is what kind of, honestly, this is how I think. I think if you watch the Lakers, especially the last week, and you in any way think like it's it's Russ's fault right now, like you're just not watching, you know what I mean? Well, no, I wasn't no, saying no, that no, at all. I know, I know you're not, mm-hmm. but like, Russ has been so, like the last 10 games, he's been a different player, because the mm-hmm. first week he was rough, mm-hmm. and the first two weeks he was rough. Uh this is it right here. This is Statmuse in his last four games. I mean, he's shooting 52, 44, and 76. That's 44 from the three-point line. Um, 31, 13, and 10. 27, and 5. 29, 10, and 11. 25, 6, and 9. On efficient shooting, like, th- those are irreplaceable numbers. Like, mm-hmm. I think Russ, while the fit may be a little weird, I think Russ for the Lakers has performed in every single way they could have asked him to thus far. I think it's really just an effort thing at this point. Like I think AD has had a handful of moments where he just doesn't look engaged, missing shots, um, and then also just the, the age of the lineup, like the right. rotations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think THT's given him a good boost. I think mm-hmm. he's a good body for him. But like I firmly believe they wouldn't be better off if they had done like the Buddy Heald deal. Well, yeah, I, I don't think he can do what Russ can do. Yeah, we've still yet to see Kendrick Nunn, Trevor Reza as well. And a healthy LeBron. Right, and a healthy LeBron. We've which, seen six games of these guys together. Yeah, so hopefully mm-hmm. they get the 360 healthy so they can start you know, getting that chemistry on the court. But the reason I ask is just because I, I feel like with teams like, I mean, if you look at the Suns, I guess sort of the Bucks, they're kind of built on like, 
one or two guys. Yeah. So maybe like one for sure star. So that would be Giannis and then Booker. And, and then you have like a supplementary guy yeah. being Middleton or um, Chris Paul. And then you just have depth. Yeah. Like you're saying. So like, and they've been making it work. Even the Warriors. You can look at the Warriors right now without Clay. You're on point. 100%. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's like the new wave that's about to come over. Like you just got to build with role players. My question is... If Anthony Davis was playing the way he played in the bubble, oh. would what would this team look like? I think they would. They probably have I think only they would, have three, four losses. I think they'd be right up there with yeah. you know the Jazz, the Warriors, the Suns. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be talking about them. I, I firmly believe like Anthony Davis's numbers are. If, if you were just to read box scores or just read averages, just points, rebounds, and assists, you'd be like, wow, Anthony Davis is balling yet again. Yeah. He's not, not looked good. I, I think it's it's really an Anthony Davis problem right now. Do you I, want to read that? I have, yeah, I have a stat. Uh, this season, this doesn't include last game. Uh, he's six. Anthony Davis is sixteen point seven percent on threes, which is the worst in NBA history by any player with two plus attempts per game and twenty plus games played. Uh, worst in NBA history. Thirty eight point three percent on mid range. Worst in the NBA by any player with a hundred plus attempts. 33.1% on jump shots is the worst in the NBA by any player with 150 plus attempts. I mean, that's just not good, especially the mid-range jumper mid-range number is the one concern. that yeah, concerns, that's his game. concerns me the most cuz yeah, you have those like high pick and roll with LeBron, he'll pop out to like that high post area. That I mean, especially like you were saying in the bubble, that was all day. He'd hit those all day long and he hasn't been hitting those consistently for like the longest time. I mean, Anthony Davis can get a shot off over Almost everyone. Pretty much game. everyone. There's yeah. probably seven guys, like six guys, who could realistically contest a shot on a on a like possession by possession basis. Yeah, and even then, he has a really high yeah, release. Exactly. Even yeah. then, it's like KD. I mean, mm. I'm not going to compare them as jump shooters, obviously, right, right, right. but I'm talking purely release. Yeah. There's no way Anthony Davis should be shooting this poorly, especially from mid range, like you said. Like this guy should be. I mean, they should just be hunting these size mismatches and just if he was cooking, they could just let him cook in the high post and mm. let him shoot. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you've seen uh, uh, KP lately. He's been playing really well. He actually has. And he's, yeah. been, he's been taking advantage of what I'm talking about. He's been getting the ball in the arc, taking like the two two uh, dribbles in and just taking the, the uh, elbow jumper. It's just like Which is what he should have been doing the whole who, time. Who can block that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, what is he, 7'4"? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what is Anthony Davis, 6'11", 6'10"? Yeah, something like that. And he's also, I think he also gets a little soft sometimes. We've talked about this before. He does have some. Well, this is kind of a little bit different, but he has injury history. Like he, like Street he rolls his. Yeah, he rolls his ankle every game. It seems yeah. like, but like, yeah, he he does seem. I don't know. Maybe it's kind of rubbed off from LeBron. Or <laughs> what it is, and I'm a huge LeBron guy, but LeBron and now even AD do have a tendency to like take, get hit and then like take possessions off. Yeah. So I mean, LeBron. I think also I, I've heard a lot of criticism. Over LeBron of LeBron by a lot of people, uh, like around the NBA, and, and it's more so like the the body language. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't like teach a, a, a old dog new tricks, but the Lakers would uh, would it would go far away if LeBron was a lot more. Uh, I should say like encouraging, you know? What yeah, I mean? like positive body language. Yeah, he's very, and he's done it his whole career, like ever since he became the guy. Well, I think that's what I was about to say. I think it really transitioned to him starting doing that when he got to Miami. Yeah, because. Old Cleveland, he was like he had no chance. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he was just on a rookie contract. Yeah. He's just like that young guy, but uh, just the wailing of the arms, like the saying crap. Like he'll always like uh, 
look at the ref or like look out into the bench and stuff like that or look at a player and shake his head. Um, and that's not why they're up 12 and 11, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just think that as a team, they got to uh, gotta get a little more cohesive, a little closer. And also, do you think with Anthony Davis, maybe it's like, you know, he was in New Orleans, was the man, like had to basically deserve every playoff when he got himself, gets to L.A. and wins a championship. Do you get a little lazy? I'm not saying. For I the think. Time. Do I you think th- maybe the next year off, you're, you're like, oh. I don't. I don't know if you could say that. Just because, I mean, he does play with LeBron and with now Russ, who yeah. are both, I'd like to assume, very driven individuals on the basketball probably court. The two most driven guys in the NBA, and they probably expect a lot from those around them, which would be a hard thing to carry on your shoulders as a player. But I think I don't. I, I don't think he's lazy by any means. I just he's just in a slump. He's got the yips. I haven't seen him shoot a ball, and I thought it was going to go in in a long time. From three? From, yeah, from deep. I'm just, like, you just kind of expect, like, back yeah, rim coming straight not, off. That's not going in. Mm-hmm. And it's always the same miss, bro. The back, literally the back rim. Yeah, it goes up. Yeah. Straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least he's consistent. Seriously. If he could just get into the basket, it would change a lot. He's a sniper, some would say. Yeah. And then, I mean... We got to talk about Carmelo. Let's, well, he's been shooting so well. This season. They've been leaning on him hard as a player who wasn't in the league two years Dude, ago. I was just going to say, how does this happen? Yeah. How does he have to beg for a spot in the league and he's third, fourth most important guy in the Lakers any given night? Yeah, because the Rockets with just James Harden, or no, was, I don't know if CP3 was on that team, but either way. With Melo? Yeah. I think they ended up cutting Melo. Yeah. So you'd have to assume, if it was just Harden, you'd have to assume that you'd need a guy like that because I think the second best player must have been um, Chris Wood. My timing is all Dude, the past three years have been so hard to talk about NBA just because so much has happened. Like, the past two years even. past year. It was mellow. Because then he went to the Hawks, and then it was the buyout from the Hawks. He never played. Yeah, yeah, I I can't even... I honestly don't remember. I could look it up right here. The dude has played on so many teams in the past year and a half, or two years, that it's impossible kind of to follow. Yeah, here we go. It was Houston 2018-2019, which was CP3. Okay, yeah, CP3. And then he went to Portland. Portland, yeah, yeah. Uh, But in between that, I think, was... You were thinking of the Rondo buyout, I think. Oh, no, they did give him a jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He was on the Hawks. No, you're right. Uh, I forget what deal it was. It might have been before the Blazers. Um, Probably, because he stuck with the Blazers, and they liked him there. But the Carmelo Hawks jersey is so hard. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like the Hawks didn't want him, yeah. and that was a couple years ago before they even had their playoff run or anything. Like they didn't want him, and that just goes to show a lot. Like that's ridiculous. He was viewed as toxic in uh, Oklahoma City when he like refused to come off the bench, which understandably so, like to some degree, but also. Like, now, looking at him now, like, he probably should have deserved to be starting. Yeah, he produces, like, a, I mean, he, he's a scorer through and through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's not oh. going to give you the, the uh, he's not really going to lock the defensive up. rotation. Yeah, yeah. But, he'll but he, can, you, he can board. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Get I, out I, of here. I won't say the whole quote, <laughs> but get out of here. I got it. But, uh. That's my ball. Yeah, he'll give you some boards, and he'll definitely give you buckets when, when needed. So, that's all that really matters to this Lakers team right now. They just need to score. And, well, I mean, defense does. It's very important for them, but so the the big LeBron move every year is the the pre trade deadline uh, acquisition, whether it's the sharpshooter or the role player, or the defensive guy. Uh huh. 
Do we see one? I Okay, so it's kind of funny you say that. Like, I know this was like a couple weeks ago, but I started hearing some rumblings that uh, Buddy Heald was actually going to end up on the Lakers. Somehow, would, some way. That would qu- require quite the salary it, cap uh, manipulation. Yeah, it definitely would. Some people would have to take hits or you'd have... I mean, it would, THT would be gone for sure. Yeah, uh, you'd have to get rid then, of some guys that you actually value. It'd be a lot of depth. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I think they need a defensive wing more than anything. Well, or a defensive guard like Caruso, bro. Dude, that's what I was about to say. Like, yeah, they could they could have had they him. They could have had him, and from all the stuff that's been coming out, they just didn't... They didn't want to, they didn't want to pay a luxury tax, is what, is, is what I heard. Yeah, and so it's, and now yeah. he's playing great. Like, he might not put up the points, but you he's, know he's going to get... This is, I think he's leading the league with, like, four steals a game. I mean, I think if you watch... I don't know that fact or that stat at all, but I think if you watch any game Caruso's in, like, you would... There's no way you can say that I wouldn't want that guy on my team. No, I know. Yeah, for sure. If like, I played at any park in the country, that'd be my first pick. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you want that guy that's going to lock up for you. Yeah, Alex Caruso. Okay, I was way over with four because that's just ridiculous. Two point two. That's pretty hefty. And then the next team or the next player is Jimmy Butler with two point one. And it's kind of funny those two guys are both on that list because both the Bulls and the Heat today got hit with some. uh, Oh yeah, they got the draft picks taken for their or tampering. I'm sure they're uh, they're really devastated losing a uh, a mid fifties pick. yeah, for, for Lonzo Ball and uh, who, who was it? It was Lonzo and uh, was it Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they're devastated. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah, Especially because I mean, in the NBA, when you pick a guy in the second round, a lot of times yeah. that late second round pick was going to be a super. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, the Bulls, both the Bulls and the Heat are playing pretty well. The Bulls, especially, I think people thought they were going to be good, or at least better. But I don't really think anyone expected them to be playing as well as they are, meshing as well as they are. Uh, let me, sorry. Uh, let me propose a question because I I am curious what you think on this. Is Damian Lillard still a top ten player in the NBA? Ooh. that's rough. He's he's also been kind of having a rough season, similar to. And I don't mean to sound ignorant. AD, no, no, no. I mean because I I for sure would have put him in the top eight, top seven, top six, like a month and a half ago. But this seems well. I'll just say, maybe there's a reason I forgot to put him on my top 25 list. Maybe there is. I just had some premonition. No, but... Sorry, go ahead with what you're saying. No, I mean, I just think... I mean, whether it's... I don't think he's, like, throwing games. Not necessarily like throwing games. I don't think he's just, like, tanking because he wants to get out. Um, it seems like the, the rule change kind of, like, Harden had a little effect at first. But it's been pretty... Pretty bad, honestly. Like not bad. He's averaging twenty points a game. You know what I mean? But well, it's just not Dame's. Yeah, stats, it's, you know? it's like I mean. And now he's out for ten days. I yeah, think I yeah. saw. Is that, so, is that a little? Uh, I think little story to hide. I'm kidding. I I think saying he's bad is a bit of an over exaggeration because, like you said, he still is. He's been bad to his standards, is what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll agree yeah. with that hundred yeah. percent. To his own standards and to what we've been accustomed to these past what five years yeah. or however long he's been in the league. Um, on top of that. I, mean, I think it's definitely below what we're used to. He's going from 2019, 2020, and 2020, 21. He was a 30 points per game, 29 points per game kind of guy. And now he's at 21. Off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely not getting that same know. output. And that's probably why the Trailblazers are not good this year. He's also shooting 30% from three. 
Which, yeah, that's where he thrives, too. And I think... If Russell Westbrook's shooting higher than 30%, I'm actually going to have a fit on the <laughs> podcast. Because people always talk about Russ. I think, um... Yeah, he is, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bla- that's a wrap. <laughs> the Blazers are, uh... I think they've made the playoffs for, like, how many straight years now? Well, like, 10 or 11. Yeah, something I think, like yeah, something like that. So, now that's your... They're on that, like, uh, that Minnesota in. Vikings wave. Like, they're, they're always in the hunt. But yeah, like, you just know it's never going to end up with something. Yeah, it's never going to turn out good. Once they get in the playoffs, like what past? I know they played the Lakers in the bubble, but who? Like they've always. Oh, they played the Warriors. Well, they went to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, like, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and that's when they played the Warriors, right? The Warriors, yeah. Who did they beat on that run? Denver in the to get into the Western Conference Finals with Roddy Hood. Didn't Hood. they play? I could be wrong. Thunder? Didn't they not play Thunder? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think they did. You're right. Thunder. Mm-hmm. And um, then they saw the Warriors. Exactly. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I take that back. Damian Lillard has not been bad. I, I was very harsh on that. I just think uh, it's like usually you can't really listen to NBA talk or go about you know watching the NBA without somehow Dame being in your face. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's just like you, you don't really see it. I mean, like you said, the Blazers are bad. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just looking right now, too, just while we're on this topic. I was just looking at uh, NBA stat leaders from 21-22, so this current season. And I was looking at the team stats. So kind of, we were also just kind of talking about the Lakers. So the Lakers are actually fifth in offensive output, so they're putting up 111.6 points a game. But then when you look at their defensive ranking, they're 27th in the league. Yeah. So that's, that's why they're losing games. But then Portland, um, Portland... I mean, the, Portland has a, a seventh offensive output, and then let's see if they're just equally as bad defensively. Oh, where are they? Yeah, they're 24. So, I mean, same kind of situation in Portland because Dame hasn't been putting up those same numbers. They haven't been able to overcome it defensively. Or, I mean, overcome offensively because that's usually what they do is just yeah. put up a huge output. Interesting you say that because uh, when you start talking about Lakers team defense... I think what's interesting is it's not that the Lakers are losing because teams are shooting lights out on them. It's, it's really not that at all. It's actually, I think, goes back to what you were saying. Uh, the It's more like the sloppiness of the play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they're, they're two in the NBA for most free throw attempts allowed per game. Uh, they allow tw- almost 24 free throw attempts a game. I mean, if you're just spotting a team 20 points, yeah, what are you, you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, just those inopportune turnovers, like we mentioned earlier, too. Just that that kind of play that just puts you in a bad hole. That's, that's how you lose games like they have. Because I feel like most of their games have been close. Like I don't feel like they've been... The Bulls was a blowout. Bulls, I know the Suns early on in the yeah. season blew them out. But other than those two games... Did, the war- the did they play the Warriors? Did the Warriors For the very first game of the season. That's I don't, right, yeah, I yeah. don't remember if they... I don't think they got blown out that game. I think that was a close one. I think that, yeah, yeah. But... Either way, um, yeah, you can't win games when you're being so sloppy like you mentioned. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, they got blown out by the Timberwolves, too. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics. Yeah, but they have some... Uh, they have a pretty easy schedule coming up. Have you have you seen it? Well, I think... I was about to say. I think... Uh, they got one of the easier schedules. Don't they play... So they play the Clippers on Friday, <clears throat> and then on next Tuesday they play Celtics. They have a nice stretch until they play the, the Bulls and the Suns again. Yeah, they get, I mean, Grizzlies, Thunder, Magic, Mavs after that, Kings again. Or no, 
yeah. And then they finish Denver off the World. year with Houston, Memphis, Portland. Yeah. So. It's definitely pretty favorable. Yeah, we'll see how they can do. Hopefully they can turn it up eventually because it hurts to see the Lakers losing. Hopefully they can stay healthy. I think that's a big thing as well. So we'll see. We'll see how they can do. Should we call it a wrap here? I think I think we've talked for quite some time. Yeah. It, I know it went longer than usual, but because we had been gone for so long, we kind of just wanted to make sure we covered a lot of stuff. But had to catch up. Yeah, also, catch side up. note, uh, do you remember uh, when – Knicks fans were posting the standings with the Nets at the bottom of the standings saying, KD, don't you wish mm-hmm. you came to the Nets? Bing bong. Yep. Uh, I just would like to announce that the Brooklyn Nets are atop the Eastern Conference uh, at 15-6, and six, and the New York Knicks currently have the seventh seed. As people figured that it probably, <laughs> you know, that was just bound to happen. So, yep. unfortunately for the Knicks, I just couldn't. Well, according to Julius Randle, he's just too strong, so that's why he doesn't get calls. Yeah. And that's why. That was crazy. Did you actually read like hear about that? Uh-uh. They're literally telling him he's too strong. And oh, the refs told him. The the refs told him that he's too strong and that other players' contact doesn't have the same effect. Oh, I thought he was just saying that. No, like that's literally that's why he was so pissed off. I don't know if you saw after the game. Oh, no, he that's... was like standing at mid court, like yelling at the ref and wouldn't get off the court. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. That's it's kind of crazy too. It's like definitely not how you the, officiate the you game. <laughs> just because a dude is bigger doesn't yeah. mean he doesn't take. The same contact, you know. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy quote. But you're stronger, so, yeah. So the contact doesn't affect you. Yeah. But anyways, let's uh, that's let's right. hope that uh, the Cavs can get Evan Mobley back soon and make the push for the playoffs because I miss watching Cavaliers basketball. Yeah, they were fun to watch while they were healthy. They were winning games for sure. Them and the Hornets. Yeah. Now I just watch the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> Hornets and Lakers. All right. All right. It's well, a wrap. It Bears wrap. cards. Let's this go Bears Sunday. Let's go. Justin Fields. The Bears are who we thought they are. <laughs> Well, I think it's who they thought we who we thought they were, right? I think so, yeah. Damn it, I said that wrong like four times. Sounds the same. You say it fast enough, loud enough. The players are who we thought they were. All right, peace, peace.